Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. You see how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into another brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, my little thing didn't go off. Sorry. Do you believe? <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, uh, joined by Sports Illustrated's beat writer, Scala Callahan for the Carolina Panthers and the Panthers all-time leading uh, rusher, Jonathan Stewart. I promise you we are the only sports show, sports podcast you will listen to this week that's not going to spend a bit of time on Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. So if you're here to... Then about the Panthers, if you're here to vent about Frank Wright, whatever, you're at the right spot uh, here every Tuesday morning live during uh, the season. Carolina Panthers fall to the Seattle Seahawks to drop to 0-3 on the season. 37-27 was your final. Um, we'll get into the box score like we usually do around the top of the episode and uh, just kind of dissect what we saw, um, things we liked, things we didn't like, and what's uh, to expect going forward week four versus Minnesota coming up here Sunday uh, at home back at Bank of America Stadium. So the Panthers – they have got a chance to try to do something. Minnesota's winless also at 0-3. So one of these teams is going to be 0-4 at the end of Sunday of next week. So we'll discuss that as well. Uh, of course, with us being 0-3, I assume that some of you guys that are out there watching the show are probably a little upset about what you're seeing. So um, lucky for you, this is the spot to come to, to to be able to vent and get that kind of stuff off your chest. So it's a telemarketer. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Mad about something that happened during Sunday or just the season in general. Here's a spot to put it down. Just type it in underneath the uh, the video on YouTube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio or on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Facebook uh, watch page. Um, around the NFL uh, this past week, some uh, eye-opening scores uh, and uh, decisions <laughs> in some of these contests. Of course, you knew we wasn't going to get past uh, Miami uh, dropping a – what did uh, what did uh, Shannon Sharp say the other day? They dropped a fifty piece with uh twenty extra flats, at no charge <laughs> on uh, <laughs> on these dudes. We're going to talk about this uh, the seventy twenty uh, win over uh, Denver, and uh, all of us are going to talk about. We've all kind of played organized sports at some level. Some of us, like Stu, have played at the highest level. Uh, some, like myself, have played at you know Mighty Might Pop Warner football back in nineteen eighty six. What was the worst loss that we have experienced as a player, um, <laughs> and how did that make us feel on the inside? So we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, and then, of course, since we're on that tip, who's the worst team in the NFL? Like we've got a couple to choose from. I feel happy saying it's not us. We're not the worst team in the NFL. It's it's weird to to use that as a medal <laughs> right now going into Week Four. It ain't us. We got some things we need to clean up, but we're not the worst. There are some teams out here that are really stinking it up, and we'll kind of nominate who we think that might be uh, for the week. But, gentlemen, how was your weekend? It was fantastic. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know, uh, yo. My daughter had a my daughter had a soccer game on Saturday. 
um, you know, and, and they tied. And, you know, I'm learning to deal with ties when it comes to soccer. I've only experienced <laughs> one tie in my entire awesome, life dude. against the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals, um, you know, back in the day. But, uh, no, they it was a lot of action, a lot of back and forth. You know, my, my daughter's getting, you know, understanding the game more, so that was fun. And obviously, <laughs> you know what my ducks did. <laughs> you know, that, was, that was great. That was great to see. You know, I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about, you know, Deion Sanders coming in to Auton and figuring out a way to win. But uh, I'm glad they didn't figure it out. And but I'm I'm back on the the Buffalo train. Um, you know, next week they go. I think they play USC. Yeah, so in Colorado. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling. For, I'm I'm pulling for Dion and the boys this week. Do you believe? I'm scared for them. Uh, <laughs> that game kind of exposed what they don't have. Um, sure, Sanders is gonna get like something's gonna happen. Like they need to protect him. Like they, they have no O line <laughs> at all. Like this yeah. is like a turnstile. People are just running through. They don't have a defensive line either. So I'm just kind of like, how are they doing this to begin with? I think they're only averaging. I heard some weird stat. They're averaging like like 28 yards on the ground or something like that yeah. <laughs> like per game. <laughs> like it's like second worst than all of FBS. So I think, uh, I think, I think, I think, you know, it, a little bit of the reality set in, you know, playing against, you know, the University of Oregon last week yes. um, as far as where they are, you know, and um, they're not far by any means. Yeah, they got blown out, but, you know, you know, yeah, you got to have those, you know, guys in the trenches doing the, you know, doing the work that they're supposed to do, pr- protecting the quarterback and getting after a quarterback um, and opening up lanes for the run game to slow down an offense like, you know, or you got to be able to run that, you got to be able to run that clock out. Can you, uh, Skyler, can you explain to me how Bo Nix is still playing college football? Because he's this is like his eighth year or something, isn't it? Like, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> like, how is he able to play these, this many years in college football? Are you muted? Oh, you're muted. Hold on. There we go. There you go. I remember uh, when I moved down to North Carolina, that was like 2014, no, 2015. And I had heard about Bo Nix. And I don't know if that's when he came to college or if that's when he became a really big recruit, but it seems like I've known this kid for forever and he's still around. But I mean, I, I love Bo Nix coming out of high school. Like I thought he was going to be the next great one at Auburn. I really did. And you would see like how good he was at home. And then whenever they would go on the road, he was terrible. I mean, it was just the, the most odd home and away splits you've ever seen in your life yeah. in college football. And then he goes to Oregon and it's like, He's the he's now the guy everyone expected him to be home and away. So Oregon Oregon's cooking with something. That's I mean, for he's, sure. he's like twenty six. <laughs> so like he's I mean literally he probably has grown into whatever that man is. Or I feel like he took over for Cam Newton. <laughs> he may have actually played with Stu his freshman year. <laughs> I mean my I man mean, is <laughs> great here. It's uh it's like that movie. Uh, Remember Unnecessary Roughness, where they had uh, Scott Bakula was the quarterback. And he was like 40, and he came back to college to play football. Um, I forgot to read it. Let me read the uh, the Bet Online read real quick, and then we'll get into the box score. Um, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football 
at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Do you believe? To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we start is the box score uh, from Sunday, late Sunday, Carolina falls to Seattle 37-27 in a game where Carolina, uh, where Seattle kind of – we've seen this script before, guys, where they kind of pull away in the fourth quarter, although this feels – I was trying to remember how I felt at this time last year because at this time last year we were 0-3. Not good. But it did not feel – yeah, it felt worse <laughs> than this. It felt like hopeless like last year. Give me – um Give me something good because I've really I feel like the past I, I knew yesterday was going to be what it was where all the talk guns were going to dump on the Panthers and what they saw and blah 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 because it's the next day and it's raw. I want to you know when we come in on Tuesday we've had a day or two to sleep on it. Let's let's throw some positivity in this here. Um, things we saw, Stu. What's something positive you saw from the Panthers on Sunday that gives you hope that this season is not completely lost uh, <laughs> three weeks into the season? Yeah, man. Um... I'll start with Andy Dalton. I mean, being able to go out there and, you know, deliver the way he did, um, you know, it, it just kind of shows you what it looks like to have, you know, a polished vet, you know, being able to see things a certain way and, um, and, and then, you know, seeing the receivers, you know, thrive um, on the road, the way they were thriving, you know, getting the ball delivered to them the right way and, um, you know, I, I really liked what I saw out of Adam Thielen, um, him being, you know, I'm, what, how many years is this for him? Um, nine? Yeah, nine. eight or nine. Yeah. Um, however many it is. I mean, he looked like he was, you know, in his prime. So that's good to see. Um, and that's exactly what we expected to see um, out of him. I mean, he's on pace to, you know, eclipse over a thousand yards easily at this point. Uh, for the season. Um, so just being able to see guys like that thrive in the passing game was nice. Um, instead of seeing, you know, the the late, you know, second halves and the late fourth quarters, you know, passing attempts, um, really coming out and being able to deliver uh, was really nice to see. Yeah, I think it's the the best way I can put it is it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I hate to be that real with it, but you you guys know how I am. It's it's I'm going to be 100 percent with you. So when you have all these injuries that the Panthers had, I mean it's that's a tough deal. I mean you are we already talked about how the depth was already an issue going into the season. Now you're losing Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, Frankie Louvu is now dealing with something. Ugh. The offensive line's got two guys that are outs. I mean it's one thing after the other, and a team that is lacking depth can't afford to have those types of injuries. So it's going to get worse before it gets better, not just because of the injuries, but you look at the schedule. Minnesota may be the best 0-3 team out there. Like, I don't think that that's even a question. Like, they are legitimately good. They've had a tough schedule. They played Philadelphia. They played them tough. They started out slow, and they came all the way back and almost won that game. They just went back and forth with the Chargers, which is a good football team. So, I mean, yeah, they, they lost to Tampa Bay, but, I mean, move on. Like, I think everyone's going to have those kind of weird losses. So, I think Minnesota's a good team. you got Detroit, who we all know about, and then Miami. 
So that's that's your next three games leading into the bye week. The good thing is, like we've talked about since the schedule came out, as soon as that bye week comes, it's perfect timing. You get a, a moment to sit back, relax, figure out what you got wrong in those first six games, what you can build off of. And then you have Houston, Chicago, and uh, Indianapolis. I don't know what the order of that is, but you have those three teams coming out of the bye week. That's an opportunity to get back on track. So if I'm the Panthers, obviously you want to go into the bye week three and three, but that's that's a tough ask. So if you can at least win one of these games, maybe two, if you win two of these next three, you're fine. Yeah, I'm if good you, with that. Even, yeah. <laughs> even if you win, even if you win one of them, I still think you're okay because again, Frank Reich has coached a team that was one and five and went to the playoffs, won a playoff game. So the way I would look at it is if I'm a Panther fan, look, that team that started last year what was it one and five. They found a way down the stretch to win football games in an ugly way. This year, you have a more experienced staff. You have arguably better top end players. The depth may not be there, but better top end players. The schedule gets easier a little bit here in, a, in about a month. Just just calm down. It, th- there's a chance that this thing can start to ascend and you see a similar rise up the standings like they did last year. Yeah, I'm not ready to just completely throw my hands up and give up on them at this point like we were. At, at this point last year, it was a culmination of a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like we we were waiting for them to turn a corner with Matt Rule and they just hadn't – it looked like they just kept were doing the same thing, that – that the squads the past couple of years would play tight games and then figure out a way to lose them in the fourth quarter. I don't feel like this team is figuring out ways to lose the game. It feels like they're outgunned. You know what I mean? It feels like we go into games, especially Sunday. It felt like we were watching our soldiers just get mowed down <laughs> as they were like getting dropped on the beach. We had so many defensive players just get hurt <laughs> like all day. Like it felt like every time I turned around, somebody was just on the ground like with something. I don't even know what happened to Frankie Lou. I, I like, left the room and came back. A, you just gave a great like visual of what a, a combat really looked like. <laughs> it, it felt like the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. Like it felt, it was like, what is going on? Like how are all these people getting hurt? I don't even know what happened to Frankie Lou. Like I can't. I went out the room. I was cooking. I didn't see it either. I came back. He was on the sideline with a towel. I'm like, oh no, yeah. Oos is injured. Oos is out. <laughs> like what are we doing? Like when that happened, I was like, man. Just hold on, hold on, Carolina, because we were again, we were in the game. That's the problem, too, that I think gives a, uh, this hope to the fan base. We're in all of these games. They're, they're, none of them are like blowouts or anything like that. Most of them are rock fights for three quarters. It'll be like some weird nine to six type score going into the fourth quarter. And you're like, all right, let's finish this off. And then the other team does. <laughs> like the other team finishes it off. The, the, like, scary, oh. the scary thing through these first three games has been the offensive line because I mean, and again, it, it's not, it's not surprising when you have Austin Corbett out and you have Brady Christensen out. And it seems like for whatever reason, Ikea Kwanu is going through a little bit of a sophomore slump here at the beginning of the year, but that's, it is what it is. But how about this, this stat that I just saw on Twitter or X from pro football focus, <laughs> the Panthers have allowed 60 pressures through three games. That's on pace for 340 for the it's season. Got, it's got to be a record. The most PFF has ever charted is 297. Uh, so how do you feel oh, about Bryce Young coming back behind that offensive line? Let's talk Listen, about this that. is how – you want to know how I feel about it? Oh, boy. Listen. <laughs> Run the ball. Oh, <laughs> hey. Listen. 
Yeah, but we get too, we get too many pressures. Like, it's because they are not affected by the run game. They don't feel like they don't need to be back. In, they don't need to be chilling in the secondary. They don't need to be chilling in the second line of defense. Yeah, just crowd the box. Because they're just going to crowd the box and just sit there and wait for the opportunity to gun at our quarterback? Come on, man. And we pu- we must be passing the ball too much. I don't know, man. Look. Oh, bro. Look. <laughs> Andy Dalton, why is Andy Dalton throwing 58 times? Like, yeah. I get it. I, mean, I, get well, it. Frank, I, I, I get I get how sometimes the flow of the game just kind of like you find yourself like trying to win and like you're, you're, you're seeing like holes in the defense that you can expose. And so you, you go with that angle, but it's very hard to win games, especially on the road. When you have to pass the ball that many times, it, and so yeah. you have to be able to like slow things down for your offense, especially when you have a struggling offensive line. If you, if we are on pace to get the three hundred and forty pressures, listen. <laughs> I don't know if I want my quarterback back there. That's what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> Put, start doing some wildcat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Start doing some wildcat with some Chanel. We basically there, tell like, him. look, take the take some take some of this beating off our quarterback. <laughs> let's let's uh, ration it out amongst everybody else, so it's not as man. bad. Man, let, so they only rushed fourteen times for forty four yards between Sanders, Chanel, and Hubbard. I don't know what's happened with uh, Hubbard's usage the past two weeks. He only and had you know, like, like two yards. Frank Frank did point out why they threw it fifty eight times. I don't know if you guys saw, but he was explaining yesterday. That from like play forty six or something to seventy something or eighty something, there's like thirty or forty plays in the second half where the offense took the field down two scores. So I get that to a certain extent, but yeah. like to me, a lot of those plays were still kind of early in the game, early in the second half. And I'm like, two scores isn't really like you're yeah, you, really yeah. out of it yet. You can yeah, still two, run the football. You can score. You can score three times in one quarter. If yeah, you wanted to, if you really wanted to, but you got to set it up, yep. and that's what I'm saying. Like that, you can't do play action because you ain't running the ball, so your deep ball is going to be contested. Like, you know what I liked about Steve Wilkes last year is when he took over the job, he saw that the, 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 the that this team had the identity to run the football, and even without Brady Christensen, Austin Corbett, I still think this team can. But last year. He went straight to Ben McAdoo and said, "We're running the damn football," <laughs> and that's what they did. He didn't care if they yeah, were if they were care. averaging two yards a carry. They were going to run it fifty times, and eventually, they were going to have three or four of them things pop loose. So I think yeah, it's we just take a matter that, of we got to take that Bill Belichick to. approach from last year when they threw the yeah. ball. I think twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, might as well. Like I, Mac I mean, Jones, I know you're my quarterback, and you want to be great. And, pay, oh. and 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 Tom Brady was here before you, but you ain't throwing the ball today. But look, look at how that offense was a year ago when Rule was still the coach, and they were doing this spread, you know, still kind of th- trying to throw the ball around. It wasn't working. And I'm not saying that this team can't throw the ball or be a spread offense, but clearly this this offensive line is built for you to run, right? Miles yeah. Sanders was brought here to run the football. Chuba right. Hubbard is here to run the football. Like, there's a there's an identity here that they need to get back to. And, again, I'm not saying they have to be a top-five rushing team in the league, but if you can at least run the football enough, 
and do it to the point where you you you're forcing yourself to run. Like if you stick to the run, it's going to happen eventually. That offensive line is going to get so much more confidence when they're running the football and they're able to yeah. just go and get guys instead of playing back on their heels. Yeah, that, and that's yeah. at every level of football. Like you typically want to kind of get your offensive line lathered up a little bit. Run the football. You paid for Miles Sanders to come here. You've yeah. got Chuba Hubbard who was running hard for a couple of weeks of the year, but now you're not really using him. If I'm Frank, if I'm Frank, I'm running the ball three straight times coming out of this game. That's with every sport, man. The more the more physical you are, the more like presence on the attack you the attack exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like when you start attacking guys, like and especially football, you hit them in the mouth. It's like, oh shoot, like I just got woke up. Like, hey, they I mean when you play with when you have Chandler Zavala, who's a rookie, and you have Calvin Throckmorton, who just got here like all the two or three weeks ago, you need to get those guys playing fast and not mm-hmm. back and on their toes. Thinking. Because not if you're thinking. able to come right out of the gate and start running the football, get those guys downhill, get that, that attack, that aggressive kind of feeling for them, that's what's going to open things up. But if you start coming out of the gate and you're passing and you have them playing – you know, in pass protection, I don't think that's going to really gain their get their confidence going out of the game. You do that I with like teams that's used to passing, like a lot. Yeah. Like, like I'd like to see a lot more, like you know, power plays. Like mm-hmm. we got some pulling, some single, even some single back, you know, power plays. You know, just get that thing down downhill to where like they can help each other as an offensive unit. You know what I'm saying? Like. Between guys the being tackle. on their own, yeah. Guys <laughs> being on, guys being on them their, their own on the island right now Ooh. don't really sound like the the game plan. I'm trying to remember who I saw this week. I saw some eye formation this week from somebody. I was like, oh, yo, they got a fullback. <laughs> They're like going through the whole like old school like Cowboys. Hey, and Moose. Carolina did it last year uh, with what Caden Mays at times and yeah. They, just, I mean, they need they need an identity. That that's literally where we're we're at with this Panther team. Because again, after week three, I still don't know exactly what they're trying. They're to do. still they're still they're still finding themselves. Yeah, for sure. But like, and that's part of this too, right? This discussion is, hey, it's a third freaking game of the season. It's a third freaking game of Frank Wright's like, tenure as a head coach. So <laughs> let's not let's not go crazy here, and like call and it Seattle and start saying, hey, we don't have it or. What are we doing? Like, hey, it's three games. Fire Frank and Ryan. we were in Seattle. So, like, that's not the easiest place to play, especially uh, during this time of the year when you got that annoying, drizzling rain that's just going down. Nonstop. Nonstop. Like, it's all day, like, nonstop. And then, oh, the, hey, the 12th man, I got to give the 12th man props because we had, what, like, eight false start penalties? Um, yeah, let's talk about these penalties. <laughs> penalties <laughs> oh also, gosh. I mean, what, we had 13? 13, yeah. I think 13 total. A lot of, a lot of procedure penalties. And yeah, so like, yeah. You, those are all momentum killers. I don't care what you're trying to do in a football game. You could have you can have an all-pro football team playing the – who's the worst team in the NFL right now? Well, that was, yeah, that was a question we were actually going to talk about today because um, there's some candidates. It's not us. We're not it. I don't think are we're the, the Cardinals worst. Are the Cardinals the worst? They just beat the Cowboys. I, I was mean, about to say the Cowboys. Oh yeah, we told you. I told you about them Cowboys. We gonna get to that later. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't know if it's the Cardinals though. I think it could be. I don't think it is either. I think it's between the Bears and the Broncos. Like it's definitely the, it's definitely the Bears or the Broncos. 
Like, the, but what team? What team got? What team got beat in the fourth quarter? Who was? Oh, the Saints. Oh, man. oh, right, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, the they not the worst. But the whole NFC was... South, the whole NFC South lost uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, like all of us, even uh, so. I mean, on that note, they're not pulling further away from us. Uh, yeah. So man, I might say the Denver Broncos might be the sorriest team in NFL right now. You remember uh, a couple weeks ago when um just because I don't was, like uh, <laughs> Remember when Sean Payton was clowning uh the dude that's uh at uh New York now that was the, the head coach last year, name uh Nathaniel Hackett, about how he did such a horrible coaching job and the defense was horrible last year. And... Sean Payton's a jerk, man. Like I can... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he comes out and this happens. <laughs> I love it. it it's it's like... the greatest thing ever, and it's not because he was a part of the Saints, but like I've just never liked Sean Payton. Like, even before I came to Carolina and started covering the Panthers, like, I just never liked Sean Payton. I just thought he was an yeah. arrogant coach. Smug, yeah. I always thinks, thought he thinks his crap don't stink hurt. and thinks mm-hmm. he – and somebody – I can't remember who it was. It was some radio show. I think it was actually in Denver. And the guy was, like, going off on Sean Payton, talking about how disrespectful he was to that reporter, which was also very true. You, you never do that. I don't care how – ticked off you are as a coach, if the reporter is being cordial with you, which the guy was, he was literally asking a question. You don't go after the guy. That's his job. Like, oh, he's talking about uh, the press conference at the end of this. this uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, where he was basically asking, like, <laughs> the guy was trying to set up the question, and, like, they, yeah. he knew what he was trying to do, and he was like, what's the question? What's the yeah. question? And the reporter's like, I'm trying to ask you. I just answered that question. Like he, you, you you got to find, find that video on Twitter about this, this guy in Denver on the radio. I, again, I don't know who it was. I don't even know where to begin to look. But he was going off, like yelling as loud as he could at Sean Payton, just telling him how much of an uh, you know what he is and how he thinks he invented football. Like it was hilarious. Is Russell Wilson done? You think he's done? Man, I told you he's been done. I, I said last year they when the Broncos made that trade, trade, everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson is going to bring Denver a Super Bowl too. No. Uh, uh. Russell Wilson just needs <laughs> to go done, to another man. organization, man. I don't think that works because I think all – I'm starting to think all this was Pete Carroll. Like, if you really sit back and think about it, because think about his relationship in Seattle. You know, there was rumors that the Seattle's defense been didn't better off him, without you know? Russ. Something That's the funny. thing that no one wants to talk about. They are better without Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I don't know what happens to him. Like, but I mean, because there's a lot of money tied up with, with Russ right now. Uh, but you you know that they, if they could figure out a way to do something else besides Russell Wilson, they probably have done it by now. But I think Denver's there. Chicago, on the other hand, has a whole other set of problems going on. Like, they don't even look like they're playing football sometimes. Like, it just, yeah. they're just, yeah, their, organiz- their organization is real jacked up. Mm-hmm. I will say this Russell Wilson. Went to the Denver Broncos, had a terrible coach last year. Right now, we just got them talking about Sean Payton and how he is as a coach. It might have worked in Saint when he was in New Orleans because that was the culture. Yeah. You know, he was part of the culture there, and that's what made him who he was with Drew Brees. Now, going to Denver, I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, that's an automatic upgrade because – of what you just said, Skyler, about, you know, how he comes off and he might comes off that way to certain players. And knowing who Russell Wilson is, I don't really see how that matches. Like a good marriage. It's not a good marriage. Yeah, like there. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so, like, I feel like the struggles will continue because at the end of the day, players do play and coaches coach. But typically you have your, your QB1 and your head coach 
on the same page. And I feel like there's a lot of sparks that fly <laughs> when they're around yeah, in, in a like bad him. way. <laughs> or at least hating on like him. Like I either hating on like him and Wilson don't know. <laughs> Am I making this up or did, did at some point Sean say something about Russell and it's like kissing baby, not like yeah, like he needs to stop spending time. Yeah, like babies like for, like yeah. listen to me. Let's talk about that. Head coach, you don't go out there and put that kind of business out there and your person your personal thought about someone's like private life. Like a personal shot. Yeah. Like, like about you know character. what I'm saying? Like you obviously got something going on that <laughs> that the organization <laughs> needs to clear up real quick. If I'm if I'm the owner, I'm going to Sean Payton and say, hey look you're here, man. You know you're wrong. You know you're doing wrong. You supposed to one? lead this. You supposed to lead us to a Super Bowl, not to the dang USA Today. <laughs> it's the, it's Walmart money. You know, it's the Walmart yeah. that own them now. So it's like they got long money. They can let this yeah, play out so for a while. Even, they won't. They don't even <laughs> care. Then nah, they probably don't even know what's going on. They probably even know that they're zero three right now and that they just got whopped for seventy to twenty or whatever. On <laughs> is that us? Was that our team? Oh gosh, that's us. We're the ones that bought. Did we buy the Broncos? So yeah. they so they say but they bought the Broncos for marketing. Yeah, and advertising <laughs> for it. Walmart. It's, they just wanted something in the closet. They just want an NFL franchise. So they just, you know, went and scooped up one for five billion dollars or whatever it was in yeah. them for. So um courtesy asked the question from the uh the gallery. Do you guys think we jumped the gun a year too early on drafting a quarterback instead of building the roster for one more year? Um it's an interesting question. Um no. No. I think I think, think, so. I think we can we're that's a that's a that's what I was saying earlier. We started off 0 and 3, but this is also the very first three games of Frank Reich's coaching tenure uh, here. Yeah. Tenure here with the Panthers and with the coaching staff. So I mean, you want to be able to, you know, link you is exactly what coach Rivera did when he got to the Panthers, right? They drafted yeah. Cam Newton. And so Cam Newton and Ron Rivera went off and, and did their thing. That's kind of what you, you hope to do with getting a quarterback in, in, you know, a head coach's first year, you know, being able to build together and grow together with your leader, your QB1. Um, so, no, I don't think they made a mistake by drafting a quarterback early. I've had this thought kind of leak into my head the past couple of weeks because I've always said that uh, I love Ron Rivera. He's he's probably my favorite coach uh, in the Panthers franchise history. I kind of wish that Tepper had just let Rivera rebuild the roster post Cam Newton instead of doing what we're doing now, which is trying to figure out how do we find a guy like Ron Rivera? Because that's pretty much what we're doing. We're trying to find a guy that can lead men (laughs) pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Rivera had this – Rivera understood the franchise. He understood the history. He was a part of the history. We had the most success in franchise history with with Ron Rivera. And I was going back thinking at the end of Ron Rivera's term, he basically just ran out of quarterbacks. Like Newton Cam was hurt. He had Taylor Heineke and uh, what was the other kid's name uh, that we had that was like the third string quarterback because we ran through a bunch of quarterbacks and was it 2019, I think it was, uh, Rivera's last year. And then Rivera got let go in the middle of the season. And Merrill was like, well, Tepper wants his own guy. Tepper wants his own guy. Sometimes the guy that's already there is the best guy for the position. That's why he's there, you know? And I feel like we kind of maybe latched on too quickly yeah. to something new. Because we remember the days we were mad that Rivera was winning seven games, nine games, you know, whatever in the season. And, like, the fan base was 
up livid about it, they would mm-hmm. take that in a second today. <laughs> they would take yeah. that right now. Yeah, they'll take that. They'll take that six nine and one real yeah. quick. <laughs> still going in the playoff. Still going to win a playoff <laughs> game. We're still going to talk our junk. Um, <laughs> it's just I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. And shout out to Ron in DC. Uh, the Commanders are two and one. So. Uh, then play well uh, Sunday. <laughs> Forgot who it was. They lost thirty-seven to three. Who did? Who Bills, finished? I think. Bills, the Bills. Bills are. Bills are interesting too. Bills, Dolphins coming up soon. That's I think that's this week coming up. So uh, that'll be interesting as well. Kyle Allen was the uh, the guy I was thinking of. So we just ran through quarterbacks Rivera right at the very end, uh, and that always brings up my my biggest Panther what if of all time. What if the Panthers in twenty eighteen had drafted Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round instead of DJ Moore, and he would have sat on Cam Newton for a year. And there's your progression. And we didn't may not have we got a weapon only, instead. The only thing with that is the offensive line, if I remember, wasn't the greatest. They could have built on that. And but yeah. <laughs> well, all I know is, is what if? Yeah. What if? What if? What if? Man. We're 0 and 3. Uh, but we have a chance to go to 1 and 3 this Sunday. Uh, we are your your spot to come for uh Panthers optimism. When it comes to uh, what they're doing, but again, we're—I didn't want to spend the whole hour just kind of going at the Panthers and talking about all the things they're doing wrong. Like, uh, there's some things that I'm seeing I feel good about. I did like the fact that uh, I think Thielen said it that they 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 trimmed down the playbook so they could play faster, and it did feel like like they they were playing freer on Sunday, like especially in the mm-hmm. passing game. It felt like. It didn't feel like they were calling different plays because I was hearing that a lot just because he was don't going more downfield with it. Uh, my understanding is that Dalton asked for a couple specific plays to be in the playbook for him this week. But Reich was like, this is the same stuff we've been calling. Like, <laughs> it's the same playbook. Literally, it's just a different guy behind the wheel seeing it differently than the guy that was there before. So, yeah, uh, like one of the things I saw out of Andy Dalton was he had great anticipation. And I think that's the real, I think that's really the difference in a guy that's been behind that's been playing that position for a while. Yeah. Is being able to anticipate things, you know, opening up um in their progression. You know, you can see him hitting, you know, flat routes, you know, developing, you know, deep drags. Like you can see all that kind of happening, like him delivering the ball with anticipation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, for you know the the younger quarterbacks in the league, that's one of the things that they have to get a feel for. It just takes and reps. so it takes reps. It takes time. It takes chemistry. And and some guys, you know, figure it out faster, but eventually the good ones figure it out. And when they do, you have yourself a real, really good quarterback. Uh, and there's no there's no quarterback controversy, Panther fans. So don't even go down that route. They yeah, pretty much made it very try. clear. Yeah, this is Bryce. <laughs> yeah, Bryce. Bryce has shown a lot of great anticipation. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what he, that's what he's. It's probably a strong suit of his, right? Like, yeah, being able, being to, see able to dissect and see the field, you know, in certain ways. And, um, but I think as he grows, he's just going to gain more confidence, and and you know the guys that are around him. Um, but first, he's got to start up front have confidence that he ain't going to get hit. <laughs> Man, we're starting two rookies, and it'll be better at the vault. It'll be better at BOA. Um, but, yeah, the, the offensive line they got in front of them, we uh, run the ball. 
<laughs> run the ball. Yeah. Don't don't have Bryce Young out here throwing for 58 attempts. Like I, I I get it. I understand they were down two scores in the second half. The game was still relatively close for most of the game, though. So yeah. that's mean the first half. Like where the, where were the running plays then? And uh, and that's again the the one problem I I ID right from the get go with this roster is like you've got to have a power back. And yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying Miles and Chuba can't be that, but they're they're not an in-between the tackles just hammered down your throat like Deontay Foreman was. So, like, you've got to have that in this offense. You have yeah. to. That's a flaw in the uh, – Because one of the cool things is, is last year, Deontay Foreman, when you saw him getting to the second level, it was because guys were loaded in the box. Me personally, as a running back, I pray for the moments where there's loaded up in the. I, I want ten in the box because that means if there's a if I find one little scene, all I got is like one or two <laughs> pr- people to beat. And nobody <laughs> wanted to saying? tackle. Nobody no. wanted to tackle Deontay Foreman. No, they didn't. Especially the cold like, got. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody like, wants going bruised up because they over there throwing <laughs> elbows at people. Man, I think like, it was a healthy scratch again Sunday. Like it's it's weird. Um, Courtesy also says, uh, I really hope Bryce Young improves and pans out because C.J. Stroud is looking like the gym from this quarterback class right now. I, I did want to say that, that I get it because they were drafted in the same class. They're going to be attached together forever. It's just the way it is when it comes to NFL drafts and quarterbacks. But to compare C.J. Stroud's situation in Houston with Bryce Young's situation in Carolina, it's not really apples to apples. You can't really say, well, C.J.'s the better pick. We we picked the wrong guy because C.J.'s had a better first three games or whatever. Uh the thing is, though, he as bad as Carolina's line may be, Houston's may be worse. Worse, <laughs> which mean, is problem. Yeah, and I know it's three games. It's three games, so I don't want to start tooting my own horn or anything. But just saying, I did have C.J. Stroud as my number one quarterback. In you did, class. you did, uh, and I was like, y'all got to talk me into it, and you did for about a month, and then. Uh, everything just starts shifting towards Bryce Young. What's Bryce's status? Have you heard, Skyler, in terms of what their plan is? It's today's kind of the the test of day. They're going to see where where he's at, kind of physically, and and see if he can go tomorrow. I I don't know what to expect for tomorrow's practice. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's out there and does some limited work. But again, I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Um, I don't think there's a need to rush this thing back. You're zero and three, and I know there's a lot of football left, but let's be honest, like the chances of you making the playoffs after 0-3 start, they're really tough. So I, I, I'd play it safe. They're, and with the offensive line play, there's no reason to rush him back. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's what I'm kind of like. Let Andy go back out there. Um, yeah. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> All right. I don't know why you were here. I almost feel like they should have started with Andy to begin the year um, and then bring in Bryce after the bye or something like that, you know, like – that's how they used to do it. You know what I mean? Nah. Like, it didn't used to be just throw him out there week one. And he didn't even play but a couple of series in preseason. So, all he really had was reps in training camp. So, it's like all this is new. Like, all this is – the speed is new. Everything is new. Maybe he would have accustomed himself to a little bit better if he was on the sideline watching Andy like he did Sunday and then applying it because of the type of player he is and the type of processor that apparently he's supposed to be. I'm hoping he saw some stuff in that game where he's like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to be open on that that I've ran, I never looked that way. I'm always looking over here. Andy looked over there because he took a sidestep and looked over and hit his third read. Like, little things like that that Dalton, Dalton thrown for 38,000 yards in his career. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of yards. <laughs> so yeah, he's seen a lot he's of different things. It. He's, he's, he's done, done it. it. He's been in the playoffs. He's played for Cincy. He's played for Dallas. Like, I mean, he's 
played for New Orleans. Like he he's he's he, I would have been fine with Andy out there doing the thing, but I never felt like in that game on Sunday that Carolina had control of the game. And by that I mean it just never maybe it was because of all the injuries. Like every felt like every six downs, it felt like somebody was getting hit. But I I never felt like they had a control over the game. And that's been my main issue for the first three, where we're not dictating what we want to do. We're reacting to what the other team is doing to us. And that's the difference between last year when Wilkes took over, we changed that over to you're going to react to what we do. It may work. It may not work. But we're telling you this is what we're going to do. And you have to stop it. And we're not really – we're not there. We don't have that. Now, I don't know if that's because we don't have, again – the soldiers, uh, I was trying to pull up. I had a thing that, that kind of ran through just everybody that got hurt uh, <laughs> on Sunday. Like, it was so many names. The list you know, of people who didn't get hurt may be short. Yeah, yeah, it might be even shorter. <coughs> and then this, too, and Skyler, you'll appreciate this because you, you've you been with me. This is year three, I think you've been with me now. I've been with Believe for four years. Um, I started in 2020, uh, one of the first hosts. Uh the Panthers' records to start the season the last couple of years, uh, uh, starting in 2020 when I started doing this show with uh, with Tyrone Poole, uh, they started off one and two. 2021, remember that good time started three and zero, oh, beat Dallas primetime. Sam game. Darnold was the new Darnold Troy game. Aikman. Yeah, we I was calling him the new Troy Aikman. Fell apart yeah. immediately after. Uh, <laughs> and just went People down. were talking about trading cards and all that kind of stuff right there. <laughs> 2022, last year they started one and two. Uh, and then 2023 this year, 0 and 3. So, in my tenure with Believe, I have not made it through the first three games of the year, except for that weird 2021 season when we were all coming back from COVID. And I don't even think there was people in the stands uh, <laughs> in 2021 when that. Well, there, there was, yeah. There was, I think we started bringing people back in. So, uh, I say all that to say, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to get used to this. I don't want to get used to expecting them to. My record. To I actually dug this info up the other day because I was interested in it, and I was like, I feel like since I've taken over the 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 Panthers page at SI, like I feel like I've not had a very good record at all, and I I knew that obviously, but I wanted to see what it was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like seventeen and thirty five or seventeen and thirty six, and I'm like, oh. Oh, That's I posted something like that. Yeah, yeah. Since since they really Ron Rivera go, the Panthers have, are seventeen and forty one or something like that. Since they fired Ron Rivera, mm. um, that ain't a good it's stat. Bad, no, man. no. <laughs> and then uh, Josh Klein, who's a, a Panther uh, personality in Charlotte, uh, does a number of things, uh, content creator wise. He had posted this too. Last thing I'm trying to do is make excuses, but it's tough to win when you're down. You're starting quarterback. You're number two wide receiver. You're starting right guard, you're starting left guard, your number one linebacker, your number two linebacker, your third defensive end, your number one cornerback, your third string corner or your third quarterback, uh, cornerback, and you're starting uh, full safety. That's literally what did I just know, like 10 starters, literally, that uh, we don't have <laughs> on, a, on a team that has already no depth with no depth to begin with. So we're pl- literally playing third, fourth string dudes right now. Yeah, and- we in development mode right now. <laughs> you, hey, you know, and, and this is no disrespect, no disrespect at all. But when you got th- this, is just more of a funny thing. When you got a guy named DiCaprio Boodle on your team, <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. The cornerback they they elevated from the practice squad. Say this That's how you know DiCaprio Boodle. 
Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> DiCaprio Boodle. Yeah, DiCaprio Boodle. Where did he play? Where did you know anything he, about him? He started, uh, he came as an undrafted free agent with the Chiefs, played two years with them sparingly, very, very sparingly. But he sat around um, and watched how Mahomes ate cereal for two years, so that had to something, yeah. maybe, right? <laughs> Boodle. Boodle to the rest of Maybe he's a DiCaprio Boodle. Team Boodle, I'm 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 uh I'm keeping an eye on uh, this because no no disrespect to Caprio, we we like you, but nah, yeah, yeah, we, it was, it was just funny right. that we had to bring that name up when people have no idea who DiCaprio Boodle is. Yeah, man, we and he's on the roster. I, don't even know. <laughs> I like the name though, so we're yeah. we'll keep an eye on it. Matson Adams says we got to get back to being physical with the line of scrimmage and run the ball. We do agree uh, with that. Let's talk about this real quick because we want to go around the NFL. Um, Miami, uh, let's just um, – how does – Well, and you know what? Look, Miami will frame this as we go into it, but I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Uh, all of us have played some sort of organized sports in our lifetime, some of us at a professional level, like Stu. Uh, Skyler, you played college ball, right? And you played college ball and you played in high school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I played Pop Warner when I was eight. Uh, so <laughs> – but I got a little trophy out of it. So um, what was the worst loss you can remember – in your playing career at any level, like anything like, uh, I ain't saying you got to bring up the time somebody dropped 70 on you in a football game. Uh, hopefully that didn't happen to you <laughs> as a young child. Cause at that point, whoever that grown man is, that's coaching those little kids is running up the score for some reason. Like he don't like the other coach or whatever, but if you've scored 70 points in a pop Warner game on somebody, there, there was something personal going on. Uh, Stu, you've got more experience than any of us. I, I have no idea what you're about to say. Do you have anything like that in your career? Is there a loss you can remember where you just like, dang, we just got boat raced? Like, what happened? <laughs> what, 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 yeah, what? <laughs> it wasn't I do. Carolina. I know I have a Carolina one. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just the set it I don't, I don't I might I might have hey y'all never lost like that at Oregon when you were there no Did we you? had some nah. losses in Oregon see I would think it would be probably like, like we I, played like I, I'm I can't really remember like the scores of these games off the top of my head but in college I'll give you two all right college and pro uh college we were playing Arizona University of Arizona at home. And it was cold. It was cold and it was in Eugene, Oregon. They say it don't rain in it, it, it they say it don't rain in Autzen Stadium. It was raining that day. Okay. <laughs> Everything that went on that day, it was like a we couldn't do anything. It was like you like you remember like y'all got older siblings? Nah, I'm the oldest of mine. I got two younger yeah. sisters. Yeah. Skyler, you got older siblings? Older brothers. So, like, it's it's like that feeling of, like, you know, you'll, you'll, like, you ever, like, have your older sibling try to block you from getting out of a room <laughs> and you just can't get out of the room? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, let me through. I'm trying to get through. I've been, like, I've been the other side of that. Like, I'm the one holding yeah. the door. Yeah. Yeah. So, he was, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, that's I how it felt that game. It was like everywhere we went, there they were. For whatever reason, them wearing the blue, they were wearing all blue, and they just looked big and like just strong and like 
Like, where y'all come from? Y'all like <laughs> Nebraska right now or something. I wasn't expecting this. Um, but that that was a tough game there. Um, and I even remember like I like wore like long sleeve, like with a shirt underneath, because I was it was just cold. Like mentally, mentally, we were just not in it. Um, but then I think it was 2000, 2011, maybe. Oh, Cam's rookie? Yeah, Cam. We played. We played the Tennessee Titans. And we lost. We like scored a field goal. <laughs> I vaguely remember some. <laughs> and they were like playing cover four throughout the whole entire game. And we just couldn't do nothing <laughs> at all. You remember the score? It was like it was legitimately like the most embarrassing, not the most embarrassing, but just one of the the hardest games to deal with. That's was like that's why I brought this up. What do you do after that game? Like, like, how do you bounce back and just get to Tuesday and the next week? And like, how does that work? You should I mean, it. <laughs> <laughs> it from the, watching this tape and just throw it out. And go. I mean. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, you just – well, I mean, obviously, you go back and watch the tape and you just kind of figure out, like, all right, well, that didn't work. Like, what are we <laughs> what, what are we doing right now? Um, but, I mean, I guess you just – it's hard to say. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, that year we're probably like, all right, we got to score points since we only scored three points. Yeah, we might need some more. <laughs> but I feel like that year we were just – nothing was really working. 2011 i feel like we were what six and ten yeah yeah and so i actually we probably lost the next game you know and i feel like in order for you to really get out of that rut like you have to like it's got to be a mindset you know what i'm saying it's got to be mindset to let not give into you know making errors like penalties it's the little things um you know as a coach you got to make sure you get you get your guys you know dialed in on the details so that way they're not scrambling you know in the moments when it matters uh to recognize situations to recognize you know the situations down in distances you know to hold your water at the offensive line um and defensive line and just be in position to make plays so that way you're not scrambling you know in the third and fourth quarter to make things happen but yeah those were I feel like the Tennessee Titans was probably the worst feeling of playing a game and it just and it being the Titans during that time. Like yeah. we should beat them. Like nothing, gonna, there's nothing like special about them. Tell me where it hurts. Um Skyler, what uh <laughs> what what do you remember? What's the worst loss you can remember uh or that you've suppressed <laughs> in your playing career? I mean, and honestly, to, to Stu's point, like, before I get into my my side story, like, going back and watching it, I promise you, is 10 times harder and, and 10 times more, The like, you have more pain in watching it than you do immediately after. Okay. Yeah. Because oh, you're yeah. sitting there, like, watching, oh, my God. What we could have just doing? did this. We could have yeah. just did that. Why did I do this? Why did I do that? It is so frustrating. And the reason why coaches get frustrated, too, is, like, I know that you can do these things well. 
Yeah. Even if you're a second and third, second and third string guy, coaches see like, hey, just be in this position. Fill that gap. Read it this way. Go through the progressions that way. Come out of your if you break out of your route and not coast up the field, you will actually catch the ball. (laughs) Like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that happen where you get the dogs beat off of you yeah. like that game. I'm sorry. Just, so hopefully Denver, I don't really care about Denver. They can lose the rest of their game. Just, like how I feel about the Miami Dolphins is they put it on them, boys. And well-deserved. Congratulations, Miami Dolphins. You could have scored 70. You probably could have scored 80, but you – They slowed down, you know, right? You're, you're classy. You're classy. You yeah. know, you started running the ball. Your boy – your boy – uh, what's his name? He wanted to call it. He has a who's it? Deontay, the what's his? Oh, name? Uh, I changed. Uh, I came. Oh, it says A chain. A chain. Yeah, because we were all saying yeah. it wrong or something for the first three weeks. A-chan. It's not A chain though. It's Achan or something like that. It's spelled yeah. like that. But he corrected everybody at the end of this one after he scored like three touchdowns or whatever. It's like, yeah, going forward, my name. My is- man rushed <laughs> for two hundred yards for four <laughs> touchdowns. Listen, video game. That was trying to run the ball. That was just trying to run the clock out. Dude, they had third last string year. dudes in there. Uh, <laughs> the dude was the uh, the quarterback for the Jets last year. When Mike White, wasn't he in there at the end? <laughs> I think he came in know. for like third string. Look, JD in the comment section uh, said, "Bro, we lost forty four to zero my senior year in high school, and our whole to- our whole team rode home listening to soft R and yeah, be like that, man. I, I'll tell Listen, you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the worst time of my life. Like my worst time. The worst time of my football life was when we were what one and fifteen, two and fourteen. Was it high school or no? This was professional football. Oh, this was on Fox's last year. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was the most depressed moment in my life. That's twenty ten. Twenty ten. But you know that that movie Seven Pounds. Oh, Will Smith. Smith joint, yeah. Man, I remember going home and watching that movie, and I had like my curtains closed. Like I'll, I'll, I'll forever I'll remember it. this like moment. And we we had just lost to the Cleveland Browns, and I'm like, dang, like I'm watching Seven Pounds crying. Like it's like we I'm like, man, where, what am I? Where am I? Do I like football right now? This much to be where I'm at? Like, I can't keep. I can't keep losing like this. That's the dude. The dude from Denver said that in his locker. I can't remember his name, but he was just like, uh, man, I, I've been here for life. seven years, and all we've done is lose <laughs> in Denver. That's all we've done is just been losing, 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 losing. Uh, how, I mean, how does it be? Yeah. What's the the I see, I see the uh, there's a meme that's out all the time where some dude is like, uh, man, we used to put uh, Young Jeezy put on for my city on every day right before we go out and play football, and then we go out and get embarrassed and lose by 55 by whoever came in and beat us in our home stadium. Yeah. <laughs> man, Skyler, go ahead and tell us about your win loss. Uh, I was hoping we'd forget about it, but uh, I, I was fortunate to be on some pretty good football teams. Um, Early in my career, later it got, it wasn't so great. But at that point, we were just so used to losing, it wasn't embarrassing. Hmm. Um, I would say probably my worst experience was in my baseball career. Um, I, I had a phenomenal senior season and was just cruising along. We get to 
like playoffs and everything, and it's first round playoffs, right? We're we have home field advantage, best of three. We're expected to sweep this team and move on. I start game one against Morgantown High School, and we're expected to just move right through this team. And my first game down there, they have this terrible, terrible field, right? Like it. Well, I shouldn't say terrible field. Nice field, terrible pitchers mound. It was so bad to like where you landed as a pitcher. They kind of created a divot, and mm. you just every time you landed, you felt like you're going to roll your ankle. Mm. And I, I just didn't pitch well that game, and it, I, I didn't pitch bad, but we just we couldn't hit, and we got down one or one zero in the series. We bounced back the next game, tied it up. I was on three days rest, and they're like, "We don't know who we're going to pitch," and I was like, "Just give it to me." Like, I I had killed this team throughout my entire high school career. Had always had their number. I love the I was like, <laughs> I love the Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, I got this. Like, I, I, I had just one little kind of bad in, bad outing and gave up, like, three runs. We lost three to one in that first game. So, I was like, there's no way they're going to give me the second game. It's do or die. We're, you know, my senior year, we're expected to make a deep run. And – I go out there and do I get shellacked. Like, and this is on our own field. This is on our own field, which makes it worse. Yeah. The the entire our our high school is like big in baseball. Like we have the best field in the state. We have like bleachers from the old Cincinnati Reds baseball stadium. Like our our fans go crazy for this stuff. And dude, I just remember like it was the third or fourth inning, and I was just fighting through it. If, no, fifth inning. I was fighting through. Had given up like seven or eight runs, and Damn. I was just like, "Just let me, just let me stay out there. I'm gonna get this figured out." And our head coach at the time, he was dealing. He's a legendary coach. He was going through some some sick stuff and some personal things, so he wasn't there. And our assistant coach, who I really, he doesn't really talk much to the players at the time. He's just kind of there. Um, he comes out. And we're starting to climb back in the game a little bit. It's like nine to three, nine to four, nine to five. We get out there in the fifth inning, and as soon as we can feel like we're getting back into it, boom, I give up a three-run shot. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I just let this curveball hang right over the middle of the plate. And I see him start to walk out. And I know this is my last time ever pitching there, ever pitching with my dudes. And it just hits – that is the hardest – 30 seconds of my life knowing that this is the last time I'm ever pitching for this team, ever pitching for my teammates. And I can just see that walk. And dude, I just started bawling my eyes out. Like I can help. And I'm not emotional. I'm usually not emotional. And I started bawling my eyes out. He comes out to me again. This is not an emotional guy whatsoever. He comes out, puts his arm around me, and gives me a huge bear hug, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Now I'm really losing it because he never shows emotion. I can see and, all of this. It's like, yeah, so like it's it oh, is, dude. Man. And like the, the entire infield was around me because like they know how much it meant to me. Like I had said, we were going to the state championship that year and everything, and they were just all giving me hugs and stuff as I walked off, and I just went like this and just walked off the field, dude. It was the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever gone through. And one of my friends, uh, Jarek, his dad, he came over. When I got to the dugout, he came over from the bleachers, sat his, sat beside me, put his arm around me, and just hugged me the whole way. And I was just like, I never felt that much emotion in my life because not only was I embarrassed that we lost the way we did, 
in the way that I pitched. But I was just so mad because I was like, we are better than this team. We yeah. are better than them. And it just it, – it's the most heart-wrenching thing. My alma mater uh, just went through this um, uh, in high school. Uh, I was telling you last year, the um, – my, my alma mater, East Forsyth, here in North Carolina, their baseball team was nationally ranked uh, through the regular season. And yeah. uh, and I was calling those games. And they ran across a conference foe and uh, the conference championship. that they just For some reason, they had this kid that had a pitch. They just could not hit it. And, like, they just literally – you just watch this team fall apart. Like, the very end of the season, they were, like, 24-1 and one or something like that. And at the very end, they lose the same conference foe twice because uh, they hosted oh. the second round of the state playoffs. And they had home field throughout. They were the number one seed, like, throughout. And they lose that same team again to that same kid again. And at that point, the other team realized that they couldn't hit them. So, like, they're over there talking junk. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're really, like, getting in. You just see these kids' faces. And you're just like, damn, I just followed this team for a whole year, like a whole season, and watched them get to the highest of highs. And for them to not even get to the point where they goes like for it. Yeah, it's just gone, just like that. The football team went through it. They were ranked high last year. I called those games. So I can see it through those kids. Like they worked so hard to get to a certain point, and then that happens. For me personally, I don't have the same – I didn't play organized sports in high school or college, anything like that. I was out partying and, and you know, chasing girls. And <laughs> like I never – I didn't have enough athletic ability to do that. But uh, I do con- remember <laughs> say what? <laughs> for, so for context real quick, to wrap up mine, the yeah. – the, the previous game that I pitched against against that team, pitched a complete game, one hitter, struck out 15 guys. Damn. Team. That just tells you how much better we were than that team. And then I just get shellacked. And Baseball, it, man. Baseball. It, it is, man. Like, it is. And I think what makes it so much more I – mean, and, and I don't know. Maybe, Stu, you can maybe uh, you know, talk to this. I don't, I don't really know. But for me, I felt more attachment – to my teammates in high school and my, and like my passion for trying to win for those guys, probably a little bit more so than college because in high school, you grow up with these kids, right? You're you're playing with these same kids throughout your whole life. And this is the last time you're playing with them. College, you kind of all come together for four or five years, but these dudes I played with in high school, like I've been playing with them since T-ball and we had dreamt about this moment and this was our last chance yeah that ends right there like there's a bookmark right there at the very end that's and that's the crushing thing with doing high school sports for me like when these seasons end they end like there is they're in a bunch of winners you you, know you you sharing that story Skylar actually remind like I was actually sitting here going through my brain like you know my last year playing high school football the last two years, we made it, we made it to the playoffs, and we both we lost both times to Bellevue, who was ranked nationally, right? And so they beat De La Salle, um, who was highly touted at the time. Yeah, still. Um, and so we lost to them twice. But my senior year, sorry if you hear the the, the weed whacker in the background. <laughs> They're at your place this week. Yeah, been all over the place. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but like. When you lose a high school game, you know, I had the best, you know, I still have the single, you know, I still have the all-time rushing record in the state of Washington. So, like, you know, I was highly touted. A lot of people were coming to our games. I mean, thousands and thousands of people, like people standing on their trucks and, you know, out in the the fields and all kind of stuff, right? Atmosphere was beautiful. And, like, you can 
like just something about high school football where it's just innocent, right? Um, and we were like like hell bent on going to the to to state. And we were actually like for once, like almost neck and neck in the sense of like favoritism of who was going to actually win this game against Bellevue. Um, we had home field advantage and I had back spasms. Oh, was like I, and I was like, I was like growing. I don't know what was going on, but like, <laughs> like back spasms is not what you want as a running back. Like I also had like ankle injuries throughout high school, but I always, I used to wear these like big old like ankle braces, <laughs> um, <laughs> like just put them in your shoe. I have this big old shoe pretty much at the end of the day, <laughs> but I played through injuries and, you know, this back spasm thing something that was just a struggle. I remember getting massages. I got acupuncture for the first time in high school. Like my mom didn't really want me to do it because she was like, oh, that's that's the devil. That's like some <laughs> witchcraft stuff. Don't you mess with that. Don't, don't you let them people poke you with them needles. Did it work? Um, Did it work though? It helped a little bit for sure. <laughs> Leave it alone. Um, but, um, but I remember like when we lost this game, bro, like and the way we and the way we lost, right? Like it was just I couldn't do anything. And the first time we lost to them in playoffs was junior year. It hit it hit probably different because I still had one more year, right? Get and I was watch and I was watching cats that were watch that were literally playing football for the last time, and like. At a, at a height yeah. in playoffs where their expectations were to continue to play. This was their last time playing. And I was like, and I felt like I let them down, right? Because one of the plays in the game, I broke, you know, outside run, like 60 yards, touchdown. And I dove in the end zone, right? Because I was being chased. The referee called it back because I dove in the end zone, what? right? Because it was because it was unsportsmanlike, quote unquote. Hmm. Which, by the way, the fans were sending death threats, all kind of stuff to these referees, bro. (laughs) But um, the following year, (laughs) it hurt in a different tone because this was my last time playing with my guys, the guys that I grew up with, the guys that you know from you know seventh grade you know, high school, playing ball with, playing football with, hitting the streets with, throwing the ball in the parking lot. We're getting our – we all got our license, drive to the Safeway parking lot, the grocery store. We're sitting in the parking lot, throwing in the middle of the night, like running hills in the summertime, like getting guys to do certain things rather than going out and partying. And and and, and we are trying to, like, accomplish a goal. Hey, remember, we're trying to go to, you know, state next year. <laughs> like that mentality – and then you lose, and it's over. It's not over for me, but it's over for my guys. That's what I was going to say. Some of those dudes, real, yeah. That's a real sad feeling, knowing that these guys have given their all to something that was that's so innocent. Like, they're not, yeah. you're not getting paid for this. It's pure. Like, it's so pure. It's pure. Oh, I love it so it's much. It's so pure. Yeah. And, 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 and you mentioned that, and I was going to say that, too, because for some of those dudes, that was their last – football game like period like they don't period. They're not play again like so it's, it's yeah. a sense of finality there um the championship too like 
at least for me, I'm sure Stu probably felt like this too. Like when you go into that last year as your senior year and you have a pretty decent team, you're like, yeah, we're going to win the championship. Like we're going to win the state championship. There's no doubt. And then you you almost feel like you have it locked up. And then until the moment when it doesn't happen, you're like, it's so hard. Like I I don't even know what to do. Like that was the darkest time in my life. Like at, at least up until that point. And I was just like, I don't know what to do because like, even though I knew I was going on to play college, like Stu said, I had guys on my team that desperately wanted to play at the next level, probably should have got a chance, but we're from West Virginia. Like we get ever looked. So there's some kids that weren't going to get that opportunity. And I knew there was one kid on my team in particular, I won't single him out, but probably should have played at college ball somewhere, even the lowest level should have had a chance. Never got looked at really good player, loved the game and, just that was his last game. And the look that was on his face in the game, like, dude, oh, like that's that's a hard image to get out of your head. And I, I haven't said all that. We brought all this up. I feel like I kind of brought everybody's Tuesday down by uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole mood just went in your butt <laughs> because of the Bears <laughs> and the Broncos. We were trying to figure out which one was the worst team. We're going to find out because they play each other. <laughs> they play each other. Broncos. Who would you pick? Broncos are the worst team. I'm going to tell you who's a candidate. I'm going to tell you who's, a, who's an unlikely candidate for the worst team. Dallas Cowboys. No, nah. I don't care what nobody's got to say. Nah, Listen, nah, bro. Only, reason, only, only reason why the Dallas Cowboys have be winning is they got to have at least three take takeaways. And with Diggs going, that's gonna be a problem now. Yeah, they ain't gonna have no takeaways. So they beat the Jets because they the Jets threw three interceptions. Zach Wilson. Okay, Wilson, that's the reason I, yeah. why they, they're gonna. That's have the reason. A moment with this and they, figure that out. They're not gonna be able to win it if, unless they get turnovers. That's the only way they're going to win games. And the reason why I say they're a candidate for the worst team is because the expectations of them being good outweigh the Broncos and who else? The, uh, uh, the Bears. The Bears, <laughs> yeah. right? The expectations of the Cowboys are to be good, but they not. <laughs> no. Like my daughter says, Nora, no da-da, no. no. Are the Cowboys good? No da-da. <laughs> that that no, it's they they're not good. No, it's Dak, man. all done, Dak, all cool. done, that that, all done, all done. Dak, Dak. It's like Dak is this way, then he's that way. Like it's just can't figure it out. Um, we'll end it right there because uh, we ran a little over with the uh, the therapy. I'm glad my I, I do have to to mention it real quick though. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's this hilarious video. I don't know if it's on Instagram or Twitter. But it's this how the NFL is like full of Kirk Cousins. And you got like Kirk Cousins' cousin, which is Ryan Tannehill. You have <laughs> handsome Kirk Cousins, which is Jimmy Garoppolo. You have uh, Kirk Cousins. I think I, – I don't remember what they – Dak Prescott was was one of them. But it was just so funny because you, you start to think about it. And you're like, holy crap. Like there is a lot of Kirk Cousins in the NFL. Oh, I did – right before we get out of here – I did remember Yo, the one thing I was going to say. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Yo, Seattle ain't got to uh, go at us uh, after we've already played them on social media. Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> They've been unloading the clip on us. Like, have you seen the video of them stacking all the false starts together? It's like 12 of them, and they just put them all one by one behind each other. And there's another one out there, too, uh, of the running back. Something. I was looking at this. I'm like, today is Tuesday. <laughs> like, somebody. I, I, can't, I don't know where I saw it either, but somebody sent me a thing. 
and it was like F it Panthers highlights. And it was just yeah. all start, all start. And you see Icky going like this. <laughs> Man, Dude, why are they still taking shots? The game oh. is over. He's we're dead already. He's already dead. Like, let us go. Don't kick a man while he's already dead. With the stick, nah, man. the Panthers gotta take their medicine. Oh my God. Take the medicine, eat it up, and then heal. <laughs> Healing needs to take farm. Oh, says, that was a got... that was a short that was a short short tough week Monday night football yes. into and... Sunday cross country. Um, yeah, Matson yeah. says you guys are going to have me calling Doctor Phil with all these sad stories and whatnot. <laughs> hey, at least we took your mind off the Panthers for an hour. Uh, yeah, we man. Just took you to another darker place. <laughs> we just could be the Denver Broncos today. <laughs> That's right. You could be like my team gave up seventy. Points. Hey, we 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 might be here in a couple weeks. <laughs> Wait, we got to see Miami in a little bit. We ain't got no cornerbacks, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know how this is gonna play out. Um, but make the step, the stop. Some boodle time, boodle time. Prevent defense. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get it out of here. Uh, presented by Bet Online. You've been watching, listening to the Believe in Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, celebrating a victory Tuesday. I feel like I say this at the end of every episode uh, as they take on the winless. 0-3 Minnesota Vikings. Someone is going to get a win on Sunday. Someone's Justin Jefferson will have only two catches for oh, 30 God, yards. I Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I totally forgot they got to deal with Justin That's Jefferson. my bold prediction. I'll take that bet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. It's been the Believe in Panthers podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.